Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. How's it going? We're back. For another episode of Bold Sports, Matt, we're on episode 45. 45, and you've been waiting at least that long for me to get out of work and record this episode. Well, thanks, thanks for hanging in there, pal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all right. I worked an early shift today. Yeah. Uh, which which was rough, very, very rough, because I work typically nights, mm-hmm. and they throw me that random day shift in there. It's like you worked the to, night before, too. I worked the night before, but I didn't work late, but I still had a couple of drinks. And so I, still didn't go really, to bed. I still didn't go to bed till 3.30 in the morning. You didn't clope in, but you might as well. I, I didn't clope in, but I might as well, because mm-hmm. I, I, I got done at like, I got there at like 12, you know, yeah. stopped at McMinn's with my buddy, had a beer, uh, had a shot. Scott McMinn was there. I walked in the door, oh, and the yeah. owner of the bar standing there. I'm like, what are you doing here? You're usually gone by, like, 3.30, according to 4 at the latest. He's like, oh, man, Castle Shannon's uh, Festival's going That's on. That's right. I've seen the Ferris wheel. <clears throat> He's like, Castle Shannon's Festival's going on. He goes, I've been working out for 20 years. I can't give that up. He goes, yeah. and I was like, well, I need a drink after this before I go home. Oh, wait, I own a bar. <laughs> Comes in handy. It, it, it does, does come, come in handy. handy. Yeah. So he's, so he's stopped in there, and Scott's like, I'll be here all week. Cool. <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah. cool. Thanks for buying me a shot last night, Scott. Uh, well, so there's so there's your, uh, you know, you could have been closing down the bar in, at your work. Instead, you closed down someone else's bar, is what you're saying? No, I didn't go to someone else's bar. I went to McMinn's. Ah. Uh, 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 I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There are other bars that you could refer to by, as someone else's bar. Yes. Not just the official, like bar called someone else's bar which is a terrible place for me because it melds like two of my greatest vices food candy no not even the food just the the alcohol and the candy yeah right it's a bad combination it's a dangerous combination it is i have i have a tough time laying off the candy when i'm sober (laughs) when you're drunk when you you get me a little fearless you know (laughs) little little invincible little i'll work it off tomorrow anyway and yeah. you put like a bowl of Mike and Ike's in front of me. Oh, it's over. It is over. It's over. And then oh. you hate yourself in a couple hours. I'm going to have to stop at the gas station on the way over and get some Mike and Ike's. There you me. go. All right. Sheets is open 24 hours. I'm not going that way. Oh, that's right. You, you can hit Pit Stop. I hit Pit Stop or the Kogos on the Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. Where they have slot machines now. Have you seen the new Pennsylvania poker machines, Steve? No, I have They're called, you know how like at bars they have like the video poker and they're always called like Cherry For Master. En- entertainment only. Yeah, but they always have these like stupid like sexy sounding names like Cherry Master. Well, this one's just called Pennsylvania Skill. Hmm. And, and it's at Kogo's, like right next to the vending machine that sells scratcher tickets. Nice. And it doesn't take dollar coins or else I probably would have dropped about ten bucks into it. Because I had a little mishap with the Port Authority. On you my took way to the in, you took the incline, didn't you? No, I took the T, but I didn't bring my card, so I had to put a twenty in the vending machine to buy like a single trip ticket, and I got seventeen fifty back, mostly in Sacagawea and Susan B. Anthony dollars. Yes, because that's how the Port Authority says. We'll take your money, but we're going to give you change in dollar coins. Yes, and then you can't put the dollar coins back in. You cannot. Like, you can't, like, say, oh, I'm going to top off my card with these Sacagaweas. Like, you can't. You cannot. And I also learned this weekend that you, you can only put 20 coins in that machine at one time. 
So if you think you're going to buy a fare all in nickels, I've got some bad news for you. Anyway, so you had fun at work. I had fun on the Port Authority. Yeah, I remember working at Shiloh, mm-hmm. and all summer long, people come up and they'd, like, order food and they'd pay with, like, the dollar coins mm-hmm. because they didn't realize they got, as like, you guys got hit on the incline, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I like spending my dollar, I honestly, like, I like to spend my dollar coins at, like, um, stores that are run by immigrants. Because, like, every other country has, like, dollar coins or, like, pound coins. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you hand those to an American and they look at you like your head's on fire. But, like, you know, you find, like, an Indian person and they're like, yeah, like, they have, like, the rupee coins and, like, the two oh, yeah. coins and the bills and all that. Yeah, you know? I'll see Gary at 88 Beer. He'll sign yeah. them up. Yeah, like, they're not they're not phased by it. Like, Americans have, like, a stupid, like, phobia about dollar coins. Yeah. And I think it's because we're all afraid that we're going to give a homeless person, like, $9 someday by accident. Because they're too much like quarters. They are just about the same size as a quarter, but they have mm-hmm. a smooth edge. At least the Sacagaweas are, like, copper-colored. Yeah. And have, like, the inscription on the side. Yes. Like, I, I had to, like, look twice to, like, make sure I was giving the guy quarters. You know what you should have did is while, you, is, while, is while over you were at Radiohead at the arena, you should just use your dollar coins to buy a beer. Yeah. I mean. Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't bring them to Radiohead. Oh. I put them back in my car. Oh. I got. I was like, I'm not bringing all this metal through metal detectors, you know? <laughs> Stand there and have to, like, funnel it back into my pocket at security. So, you know, it was fine, but nah, well. I think the good news is that we can't gamble with the dollar coins at the gas station. That is true. So when I when I show up there, well, I'll you just can. Spend them you just say you can. You can just you have to buy lottery tickets. Okay. Oh, okay. So that you can put a dollar coin in the lottery machine? No, no, no. Like to the attendant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no one does that anymore. They got machines now. They <laughs> got machines. The now. counter is just it's for all, payouts. It's all automated. Yeah. That's good, though, because people get annoyed when, like, you're buying lottery tickets and they just want Mountain Dew. Or five bucks in gas. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. all I wanted to do was get a Mountain Dew and a pack of smokes, and I'm waiting to catch this trolley, and I gotta run across the street real quick. All I want is my Mountain Dew before I go get on the trolley, and I'm at Kogo's, and I got the lady in there with the fucking, you know, the little flip book of... I need two, two, two straight. I need mm-hmm. two, two, two boxed. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the clerk has her kids and grandkids' birthdays on file. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Like un- underneath the drawer. Uh huh. And uh, all the other thing I love is like the laundromat in Dormont that sells lottery tickets. And oh, you're, dude, you're trying, I got you're suckered to, like, break in. The bill. I got suckered <laughs> in. When I used to go do laundry up there in Potomac. Debbie, uh, Gina and um, Gina and Steve are awesome. Mm-hmm. Debbie, who works in there, is awesome. I would be like, "Well, I have all this extra coinage left. Well, let me buy some scratch offs. Might as well, you know. You because know, it's there and they'll pay there. You know, and they'll pay you off as long as you don't hit for more than two grand. I think mm-hmm. it is. So yeah. yeah, it's a good time. I got to play some golf this week, little bit, not much. Play like nine holes, uh, nothing major. Did a couple bike rides. I did the open streets. Oh, on you did Saturday. open streets? For the first time I ever did one of those. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. It's cool riding down the middle of Fifth Avenue with like a bunch of little kids, <laughs> not worrying about cars or anything. Oh, you're worried about hitting the kids? Yeah, you're darting kids. across the street. You, you, you know, like the uh, the hunted has become the hunter, so to speak. Mm. But no, I didn't hurt anybody or run anybody over. That's good. Um, it was a good time. Good, good to be out. You know, got some got some good miles in. Like in addition to the. The loop, you know, the, the, the part of the city where you're allowed to go faster than 10 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all good. 
So we, we had a good weekend, and we had, we had uh, I don't know, no major golf tournaments to talk about this weekend. No, we forgot. Not that we always talk about them when they do happen. Yeah, right? Yeah, don't, we didn't forget about a major golf tournament last show. So the correction department just wants us to point out that the uh, the British Open was won by, uh, what's it, Francisco Molinari? Fra- Francesco? Francesco Molinari. Francesco, Fran- Francisco or Francesco Molinari, first Italian. Uh, to win, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But first off, big thing that happened this week was the MLB trade deadline. So huge. We uh, the Pirates shocked everyone and ended up being buyers. I'm uh, I'm impressed. You know, I I like the idea. Nutting spent a lot of money. <sighs> Did he really? Well, not this does year. Does it increase the payroll that much? Not this year, but next year it does because of, like so they're gonna have. So anyway, what happened is we got two pitchers. We did. Got a reliever from Texas Rangers. Keone Kela. Keone Kela. Kela. That's how they've been saying it on the Pirates. Keone Kela? Um, yeah. They, they were putting Steve Blast through his reps. So you can do yours too. Uh, oh, Keone Kela. You know, um, he, he saved like 24 games for, for Texas this year. Yeah. Uh, Rangers aren't really going anywhere, so they traded him. Pretty much. And then the, a name that was sort of dangled out there as being like a good target for the Pirates um, is another pitcher, a starting pitcher, who they ended up getting. And I think this was the more surprising move. Yeah, this was the surprising move. They go- got Chris Archer. Chris from Archer Tampa. from Tampa Bay. He's he's an exciting young pitcher. He's uh, he's not a huge guy. He's a two-time All-Star. But he's, he's got great stuff, and he's got like, what, like three years on his contract? After they're, this season, they're both locked up to 2021. Which is like we didn't think the Pirates were candidates for rental players because we weren't really well, especially we were because giving them a 50 50 chance well, at maybe a wild card right well, now. Well, in the Kela trade, they gave up two players to be named later, uh, which of course we don't know who those two players are yet because it's not that much later. It's really not. And then uh, we now to get Chris Archer was the one that kind of messed everybody up a little bit. Was Glass now? I could do with or without him. Austin Meadows. They traded Austin Meadows, who was the talked about heir apparent to take over in the outfield. This, that, and the other thing. So I guess just this means that now they're probably going to go after signing Dickerson. Yeah, I think Dickerson made Meadows expendable. Um, I think he did. I, I didn't have any great reason to hold on to Meadows because when he was here, they never played him. Well, he was here when they played him. He had 14 games. He had five home runs. He was batting 404. And then he got real cold. And then, and then no, then Marte came back. So they, instead of... And Polanco and, was in like a career bottom slump. And Polanco was in a slump, and they didn't sit Polanco and start Meadows. And so they sat him. They're obviously like they sent him back down. They brought him back up. They brought him back up. Played him in what two games right before they traded him, just yeah. to get him seen, I guess. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with giving up Meadows because a lot of people like were would, people would dangle it out there and say, you know, they should have traded Meadows two years ago. Um, you know, they they, they could have. You say he's had some injuries. He hasn't. He he hasn't been a great hitter in Triple A. But he's, he's been a good prospect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, with their outfielders, he's the the lowest paid outfielder, which therefore makes him the easiest to trade. You, if you even, even say he's like your organizational fifth outfielder, right? therefore that would make him the number one outfielder in AAA, you know, 
teams aren't going to want Marte's contract. They're not like a team, a team looking contract. to a team looking to get prospects to rebuild, such as Tampa, has no interest in Polanco or Marte, no matter how good they are. We just got Dickerson from Tampa, so yeah. he's not going back there. He's not That'd going be back. Stupid. Yep. So I mean, it had to be Meadows. So we lost Meadows. We gave up Glasnow. Which um, Glasnow doesn't bother me. Doesn't Meadows bother me either. Did you see what he did tonight? I did not. He he pitched for Tampa. You know, Tampa does that stupid opening pitcher bullshit. Yeah. Where they, they, they don't have any good starters, so they just do, like, a by-committee game, and they'll use a reliever hoping to go, like, two innings. You know, they'll put, like, a 40-50 pitch limit on the person. Yep. Um, you know, and Glasnow was the opener for Tampa tonight, and he didn't last two innings. So, big deal. You know? Yeah, this shoots their own strikes. Um you know, uh, so we have both these guys are under contract till 2021. We had to give up Taylor Hearn. Archer is going to cost 27.7 million total, which breaks down to right around eight million a year after the season. Uh, and then Kayla is a 1.2 million dollar a year guy. Uh, as a close of this year, Kayla was 38 games pitched, three wins, three losses, 24 saves with a 3.44 ERA. And then you have Archer, I believe, is 3-3 three and three so far this year. He was off to a shaky start. Uh, I think Uncle Ray could, could work with him a little bit. I think part of that's his offense, too, though. Yeah, part of that was he you had know, no offense. Not getting the run support he needs. Now, the most, um, now the most wins he's Tampa's had this season. It's hard to be above 500 as a pitcher when your team is yeah. so far below 500. And, uh, and the most wins he's had in the season is 10. 10? Now, I think with some offense behind him, you know... They can do it. Okay. Uh, you know, well, he, he's a two-time All-Star, young stud pitcher. He's under 30. Yeah. You know. His mom's not, a Steelers fan. His mom's a Steelers I saw that. I he bought an Antonio Brown jersey because he spilled Because he spilled stuff on his on his shirt he was wearing. Is that right? He I spilled didn't hear, I didn't He was on his flight story. and he spilled, like, something on his shirt. So when he got off the plane, he bought an AB jersey right at the airport. Oh, that must be nice. Uh, and then showed up. In an AB jersey and his Louis Vuitton backpack. Yeah. And, you know, um, apparently, yeah, Andrew Filipponi said on Twitter that um, after interviewing uh, after interviewing uh, Archer, that he feels that after baseball, he can move right into the booth. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Yeah. I so. mean, they, they say that a lot about, about people, but, you know, it, it, could, I mean, if he gets there, great. You know, like, A-Rod doesn't really do it for me. Um Nah, A Rod you know. Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, I mean, so, he, the commercials are funny. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just. I'm not ready to put Archer like in the broadcasting booth yet. Like, you yeah, know, we yeah, we got well. a pitcher who can help us years down the road, mm-hmm. which means that they're. It looks like they're at least trying to have a core of players in place for a few more years. That the window, quote unquote, that closed was going to close anyway with McCutcheon, you know, Cold. declining. And so and forth, Cole yeah. and let me can I talk about Cole because like I seen some bad takes about how like you know the same fans who were excited to get Chris Archer are the fans who ran Cole out of town like that's ridiculous. Nah. First of all, we didn't run him out of town. He like, wanted to leave. Cole Cole would have like crawled like in freaking Breaking Bad across the fucking Mexican desert to get out of Pittsburgh. I believe. 
I thought Cole was trying to get to San Francisco to go play with his brother-in-law and be close to and home. And be close to home. You know, he's a so California forth. guy. He likes wine. You know, yeah. he seems to be doing fine in Houston. He wasn't going to stay with the Pirates. Um, we're not saying that, like, I'm not saying Archer's better than Cole, but he's a good starting pitcher. He's automatically, like, top of the rotation for the Pirates. You know, the rotation you have is the rotation you've got to use. And they just upgraded their rotation with a guy who's going to be around for three years. And at least at this point, seems really enthusiastic about being on the Pirates. He does. Which I could not say about Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was not enthusiastic about being on the Pirates. Dude, I had a, a Astros-Rangers game a few weeks ago. Oh. And Cole pitched, and he didn't have a good outing. And he, he had to work with, like, not his regular catcher. And he was, he, and was he was always so cranky and about was, that. And like, and the Texas announcers were laying into him. The, the analyst CJ Nikowski, who was a pitcher when he played, like he's just like, oh, Cole's showing up his catcher. What's up with this body language? Like Cole's really out of sorts. Like I've never seen this before. And, who was, and I'm it, like, have you watched a pirate game in the who, past like five years? Who was, who was his battery mate here? Was this was Snyder? Chris. Yeah, he loved working with Snyder. Chris Snyder, yeah. Loved so, Snyder. when Cole pitched, Cervelli got a day off. Yeah. And you know, Snyder was a good major league well, catcher. Like, well, this yeah. was like well, a triple-A catcher. That, well, Cole that was first with time. Russell Martin. Yeah. And him and Russell Martin were like that. And actually, him and Russell Martin hung out together because mm-hmm. I waited on him a couple times. Yeah. Whenever they were there, it was awesome. They were always great dudes. Um, but yeah, after Russell Martin left, then he went with Snyder. And then he didn't like Cervelli. But you know what? Thank you, Yankees, for giving us, like, three good catchers over the last, like, Yeah, we got, we got three good catchers from the Yankees. <laughs> we got we got our closer, uh, Vasquez, Vasquez, in the Melanson trade. In the Melanson trade. And the other piece of the Melanson trade we we used to get Archer. Yes. So, no, 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 sorry, Taylor Hearn went to Texas. Yes. So we, we got two closers for one, basically, with Melanson. Pretty much. Melanson's not in the league anymore. Is he? Uh, he dropped way off. Where did he go? San Francisco or Maybe. L.A.? San Francisco, I think. He's. I thought he was with L.A. for him. He, he got traded to L.A. He went to Washington first, and Washington traded him to L.A. I don't know. He's, I, don't know. I don't even know if he's there. You're it's, right. He may it's or may a not fine, be It's league. a fine trade. Um, you know... All the trades have been working out. I'm fine with the trades. I'm fine with the Cole trade. I'm fine with the McCutcheon trade. You know, we weren't, we weren't, you know, at the start of the season worried so much about the offense. Um, He's with the Giants right now. Dicker, Dickerson has been better than McCutcheon this year since pretty much opening day. So, yeah, we were saying pitching, 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 pitching. They need better bullpen, and they upgraded their bullpen, and they upgraded their starting rotation. Um... Musgrove's a big question mark. If we can get Musgrove to fall in line as like the number three, we get a good second half out of Tyon as the number two. And like, let's just hope this Chris Archer excitement doesn't become a dud. Yes. You know, because he, he's pitching Friday night. He's like, pitching Friday. He's this pitching episode free. will probably drop. He's like, pitching free t-shirt, Jameson Tyon. Jameson Tyon, free t-shirt. Uh, you know what? Get, get your... Download your bold sports, throw it on the headphones, go get on the tee or however you get places, So go check out the game. So we'll talk about the games coming up here in a little bit, but also notables in MLB, Trey's Manny Machado to the Dodgers, Brian Dozier to the Dodgers, uh, Mike Moustakis to the Brewers, 
Um, Roberto Asuna suspended 75 games. Astros picked him up at the trade deadline for next to nothing. He was suspended 75 games for domestic violence charges. Now, Verlander was a big speak out on that with mm. the domestic violence and so forth. And he's on whatever the MLB portion of his uh, stop it, fight it, mm. whatever it is. Like a, an advisory yeah. committee of some yeah. sort. And, yeah, uh, and so he, he, he didn't have some horrible words to say, but he didn't have some nice words to say. He kind of just... He's Justin fucking Verlander. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, he's uh, not been with Houston that long. He's not been with Houston. That, he hasn't been with Houston that long. Uh, you know, he says, you know, sometimes the organization makes a move. We'll see what happens with it. You know, do yeah. what it is. Well, the tricky part there is that Houston has like a zero tolerance policy within the organization. Right. And then they but bring a guy in. If you, if you did it while you were like not, not with, with the Houston. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like, do you go to your like job interview be like, hey, look, like. I had DUIs, but, like, I worked for someone else back then. Like, You know what? Most you know? jobs don't care, unless you're a driver yeah, or something like that, or, or, like, you know, if you're outside sales or whatever and your job requires you to drive, mm-hmm. that's really the only jobs that I see that really give a shit about DUIs anymore. I mean, unless you're, I guess, you know, a mayor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, we all know the Pirates had some... Holes when it came to that with Gung. Yeah, and um, is he where's he at right now? He's, he's is he in Indianapolis? He was supposed to start his rehab yesterday, but he's having like more wrist discomfort, so he's shut down again. Ah, and people were actually speculating that he could be like one of the players to be named in the Archer deal because um, someone said within the organization that it's like the player to be named is definitely going to be someone you've heard of, and I mean that can mean anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've heard of every prospect in the Pirates because I follow them. And I, I mean, I've at least heard of them. I've heard the names. I you mean, know? I might not follow their minor league career, but, I yeah. mean, uh, we got this guy. Okay, he's doing this. And, you know, the Pirates, and of course, you see it, especially during rain delays, mm-hmm. when they do the down on the farm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, yeah. you know that, that's always, you know, that's how you find out mostly about your, your uh, prospects and so forth and your players to be named later. I love seeing trades. the dedication of anybody who, you know, like, they, they want to be in the MLB. You know, they dream it so hard. That and then you get drafted. willing to ride buses to Altoona. And then, and, then, and, then, and then you get drafted by the Pirates, and you're like, fuck. But it, it used to be like that, but it's not anymore. It's not as bad like, anymore. And it's not. Like, that's like the, the legacy of, like, Kutch and Burnett. Like, they made Pittsburgh, like, a good destination to play baseball again. Yeah, it is. You know, it used to be, like, welcome to hell. Well, Cleveland used to be the butt of the fucking jokes in the NF- and the MLB Forever. But, like, free agents wouldn't even consider coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Not like, really. if, 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 like, Nutting, like, you well, know, there if, was Nut, a, if Nutting won the Powerball and was like, I'm going to spend all $171 million on one player, I you mean, know, there would have been players who say, like, I will go get paid, like, $100 million in some place that's not Well, the Pirates also... Because pirates, the Pirates organization was just a bad team. Well, the Pirates for a while were kind of like the Washington Redskins, the MLB, where they signed a whole bunch of guys that were well past their prime. What, like Pat Mears? Yeah, Pat Mears, Derek Bell. Derek Bell Bell wasn't past his prime because... Yeah, Kirk Gibson. Operation uh, Shutdown was the best thing Derek Bell ever did. (laughs) That's the best thing he ever came up with. His, his, His best plate appearance, if you will... Wasn't even like a traditional like baseball appearance. It was a 
Chris scrum, basically. Where yeah. He's like, I'm not going to play for this team anymore. I'm too good to have to try out to make the Pirates. Yeah, pretty much. He probably was, honestly. Yeah. What was he, 41 years old? Yeah, he was just really old. <laughs> it's like, you're, still, you're still the only person who even has like a lick of Major League experience. That's, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, when Dan Schneider, you know, brought back Joe Gibbs and had Deion Sanders and, you know, Daryl Green. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, Daryl Green was old, man. Daryl Green, but, and he played with the Redskins his whole career. Daryl Green's, like, he was still, 10 years older than Dion. Yeah, he was still <laughs> the fastest guy in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we have uh, some Riverhounds had some action tonight. I forgot to watch it. Uh, they did take a win this evening. 3-0. 3-0, uh, Nico Brett had two of the goals. Fifth Fitzpat- minute. Fitzpatrick, he had fifth minute, 56 minute, and then Fitzpatrick was the 81st minute. Man, when your um, team scores in, like, the first 10 minutes, and and you got to, like, try to sit on that lead for, like, 85 minutes, yeah. it's really stressful. Um, so it's really good that they didn't, you know, choke again, because they, they had some hard Well, they had two losses in a row. Um, um, they had two losses in a row. Uh, they they got the win against uh, the Richmond Kickers tonight. Uh, the, they are third place right now. I think in, the Kickers kind of suck. And uh, yeah, they do. I'm going on a limb here and say the Richmond Kickers are bad. And uh, so they have 20 matches played, 37 points, 25 goals for. Still have the lowest goals against in the uh, USL. Uh, the Hounds do play Saturday at 7 p.m. They got Toronto Football Club two coming to town. Play at Highmark Stadium. So did you hear about this Cincinnati business? Them still trying to bid to the MLS? They're going to the MLS. They they will go to the MLS next year. Now, for some reason, they're already spending allocation money that they that I mean is intended for their MLS roster next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're spending that money on the team this year. Like they got two guys who were like on the bench at, like, some other MLS team to, like, come play for Cincinnati. Huh. So that's kind of sketchy. And can you just add people throughout the season? You can add people, but, like, they're using money that no other USL team has because there's just not, there's just not money there. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if you, if you, if you find out that, like, you're getting a new job that pays, like, twice what you're making now, but it doesn't start for, like, two months, like, you can still feel confident to go, like, you know, run off the credit card a little bit because you know eventually, like, you're gonna get you'll get the money to pay it back. But like, what what they're doing is, you know, they're they're upgrading for the USL title run. You know, so that, so so they with, with money that was is supposed to be basically for like building an, a MLS capable roster once the season ends in November. You know what I mean? So like teams like Pittsburgh that don't get a bunch of money from MLS coming down the pipeline. You know, we we don't have the budget for adding players all of a sudden that Cincinnati has, yeah. which is bullshit. And I'm not just speaking out because I hate them and they're our rivals. They're, you know, they're they don't even want to be our rivals anymore because they're leaving us. Screw them. Yeah, they're like, you know, keep your rivals over there in Harrisburg. Yeah, pretty much. So there's like a sort of like informal trophy between like um, Pittsburgh, Harrisburg, Charleston. Richmond and North Carolina. Okay. And it's just like a trophy among supporters groups. It's not an official USL thing. But they, they keep track of the record of all those teams like in like the games that they play through the course of the season. So when the Riverhounds go to Harrisburg in September, 
that that trophy will be on the line. By beating Richmond tonight, they all they need is to pick up three points against Harrisburg, and they'll get the, like, I forget what it's called, like the Commonwealth Shield or some shit. And then there's also a trophy for the Pennsylvania series among uh, Pittsburgh, Bethlehem, and, and Harrisburg. Uh, Harrisburg. Sorry, Penn FC. Penn but anyway, so if we beat if we beat Harrisburg in September, we get two like side trophies for the trophy. Well, it's kind of like that. What is that? That's that uh, Minnesota Minnesota State game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's big in college football. Where where they have like the what was it, Paul Bunyan's axe? Paul Bunyan's axe. You know, the old Odkin bucket. The uh, and then there's the the Florida Florida State game mm-hmm. has. Some other little trophy. Yeah, they have like the jeweled shillelagh. Yeah. For I think wait, it's, it's the jeweled shillelagh is Notre Dame Stanford, and then there's just like a regular shillelagh for Notre Dame Purdue. Something I believe. Wrong, there's college football is great with that. College football is great and, for and having like, the, the interstate rivalries and the and the the arch rivalries. The side trophies. The side trophies. You know, you're not gonna like. Well, it's like when Ohio. You're not gonna get a Gatorade endorsement just because you won like. Paul yeah, axe. Yeah, yeah, but you get to swing a big axe, and it gets to like come stay in your field house for a year. And, and then, well, that's like, to, like when Ohio State when Ohio State beats Michigan, they get gold pants, mm. and then the players take them and sell for tattoos. Um, now you know. <laughs> okay, are we gonna have it later? Are we gonna talk about Urban Meyer later? <laughs> we are. Okay, well then I will save it for that. <laughs> Jeez, um, where are we at on time? So I, I didn't put any scheduled breaks in here because I just wrote shit. I was like, we'll just go based on time and see how we're doing. Um, so yeah, uh, Riverhounds, they got a game coming up uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. Oh, it's getting to be the tight part of the schedule. Yeah, it's getting to be that. I was looking at the schedule and thinking, I, I don't know if you can swing a Wednesday off. I can. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to see about swinging a Wednesday. Yeah, I can off. swing a Wednesday. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go to that Friday game the weekend of the... Uh, well, you're State, off Friday because they moved it from Saturday to Friday. Because that's again, that's against Bethlehem. So that's because that's a Pitt Penn State game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, Riverhounds competing against Pitt Penn State. Hmm. <laughs> Traffic nightmare. <laughs> Traffic nightmare, and are the Riverhounds really going to draw anything with Pitt Penn State in town? It doesn't matter. Even if one person tries to go, like they're going to hit the Liberty Bridge and wish they never left their house. If the Liberty Bridge is open, if it even is open, they'll probably have the sense to not close it the weekend of the Pitt Penn State game. You would hope so. I I would have been more likely to bet on the Pirates getting Chris Archer than I would bet on PennDOT doing something, like, reasonable. (laughs) But we got Chris Archer, so, I mean, the recipe is for optimism. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and take a quick intermission right now. We're going to have some words from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios over in beautiful Beachview. Looking good. Passed it on the tee on my way to Radiohead. It is, and, and you didn't stop at Las Palmas. No nah, man, nope. I, don't have to, I don't have to stop at the Beachview location because I live. That's right, from the Brooklyn. Brooklyn location. I can smell it from my deck. There you go. All right, folks, we'll be right back uh, after a few short messages from our friends there at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions no holds barred? Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we are back. And uh, so, of course, Matt and I mentioned we forgot to talk about British Open last episode. So Steve had a busy week at work, and uh, I was crushed. You were so crushed. you were so consumed with the golf 
that exists in our immediate area that you, yes. weren't, you weren't pursuing, you know. I mean, by the time we record on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, like, at that point, the tournament's I, over on a Sunday. At that point, I went to work at, like, noon, and I came home at, like, 1. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, for five days in a row. Uh. Well, we, we did finally, like, at least discuss the, the golf a little bit. We did. So, you did have the Open Championship. Uh, it went... Uh, and went with Francisco uh, Molinari as the first Italian to win. Uh, some other big names were in it till the end. Molinari was too good, though, uh, for them to catch him. Tiger, I think, was still relevant to about the 15th hole. Spieth, I think, was relevant to about the 15th or 16th hole. Yeah. Justin Thomas was relevant to, I think, the 17th. Uh, you know, and then, um, of course... Uh, Molinari goes ahead and wins with a score of 8-under for the tournament for the mm-hmm. Open. Now, comparably, 8-under was the winning score for the whole tournament for the Open. Compared to Dustin Johnson this past weekend winning the Canadian Open, which did finish on Monday due to weather, uh, for inclement weather on Sunday, for his third win this season, 19th uh, overall with his number one in the world ranking, and his total for that tournament was minus 23. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and then the next one was minus 20. So he won by three strokes. Total no wonder w- hockey players love golf so much. <laughs> Apparently Canadian golf is really fucking easy. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I mean, Dustin Johnson drove the green on a par four again. Yeah. Like... I've done that at Shenley. They don't play the U.S. Open at Shenley. <laughs> they don't even play... I mean, would they play the Canadian Open at a course that... Same, like, length, distance, quality of Shenley? Probably not. No, it's longer. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, for a pro to drive a par four, I mean, mean, it happens. Yeah. I mean, he almost had a whole one on a par four earlier this year. Ah. That course out in uh, in California, it's that downhill. Yeah. And it just, you catch the downslope and the ball just runs the whole way down. He almost had... You know my fade, right? You see my fade. Yeah. So, like, I think it's the sixth hole at Shenley. Mm Mm-hmm. It just plays, it fits perfectly to my fade. There's like a little hill bunker and a tree, and you just like, I'm able, I'm able to like fade it right around it's that. It's like me playing number six. And if, six I, if I get fairway and I get the right kick, like I can drive that green. It's like me at number six on Mount Lebanon, yeah. where I can get it to bend around with my fade, and it, and, it, and the fairway rolls up on a slope, and it will roll up to, mm-hmm. now there's a hill going up to the, mm-hmm. the green in Mount Lebanon, but I get within like a sandwich away. Yeah. You know, on man, that. when I was when I was like 16 years old and I drove the green on a par four and then three putted for a par, it was like the, the greatest achievement of my life. Awesome. <laughs> three putting is not always a death sentence. Because I I don't think I'd ever made par on a hole before. You know, I was just a kid, just lugging my bag around, trying trying not to suck too bad. My favorite know? is being on the green on a par five and making par. Mm. Being on and two? On and two and making par. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> Putting's not easy, okay? No, it's not. You know. Speaking of that, we'll talk about that here, too. I got to pull that up while we're still talking golf. Uh, so, what's this weekend, Matt? Uh, what, golf-wise? Yes. I have no idea. This weekend is uh, from Firestone Country Club. Ooh. Uh, the South Course in Akron for the Bridgestone Open. That's a big one. So, this is the weekend... That Akron and Canton gets fucked. Oh, right, because uh, Hall of Fame, is Hall of Fame coming up? <laughs> yeah, it's this weekend. Oh, that's right, yeah. We got that. I've been hearing a lot about that. And 
I can't believe it's already preseason football. Yeah, it's great. I is, is, is it? Yes. Preseason football is bad. Preseason football is bad, but it's good bad to see product. some. Okay, so I don't want to see football. You're not going to see any of the regular players till game three. Yeah, I don't want to see um, any. I don't want to see anybody get injured. Yeah, I don't want to see. Um, I don't. I don't need to see like teams that aren't the Steelers in preseason. So the Hall of Fame game is really just so. To me. So going with uh, still sticking with golf. Tiger Woods says his game has improved and feels that he can win and be relevant again. Also, here's one. I would agree with that. I would agree with that as well. Uh, The USGA and RA uh, are proposing rules to limit green reading books to force players to read the break based on their skill and own judgment at the time. What are the books? So you ever watch the guys walk around with books in their back pocket? Yeah, I know they got books. I always just assumed that was like their own notes and stuff. It is their own notes and also like the green. So why aren't you allowed to bring notes? And it's like the green layout and so forth and like from like years past, like, you know, like. But what holes it at the Masters that the flag on day four in that part of three to 16, mm-hmm. the Masters where they put the pin and if you hit the kill the right side, it will roll right down. Yeah. And everybody knows how the green is and, and whatnot. So they're going to limit um, green reading books and so forth. Uh, uh, is that because of analytics? Are they, are yeah. they afraid that like well, Bryson golf is going to become like, so like you're just going to have like, First of all, it's impossible to just take all the data that you can get your hands on and become a good golfer. Well, Bryson DeChambeau's dude pulled out a freaking compass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the dude is so like in tune to math and everything else like that. He pulls out a fucking compass to do to read greens. Mm-hmm. Let him. If it works for him, have fun with it. Uh, they're also talking about uh, Ryder Cup questions for the U.S. and Tiger Woods making the Ryder Cup team and so forth. So, uh, And Tiger Woods is also going to be playing in the first two FedEx Cup playoff tournaments and is likely to make uh, the third one as well, qualify for the third tournament. Cool. Uh, we're as we're recording right now. We got the low lights from yeah, tonight's these are the pirate game. Yeah, these are just the worst. Uh, that was a bad pitch, Kingman. Jesus Christ, he threw behind him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this weekend we did say that you know Akron Cannon's getting screwed. It is the NFL Hall of Fame weekend. I don't know why they can't just break it up like two separate weekends. Not even like it could be consecutive weekends. But why is it gonna be the same weekend? Uh, I mean, it's not for us to really worry about. Not this year. Are you the Are you the Stark County Director of Public Safety? No, but no. no but Maybe if you ever want to go out to Hall of Fame weekend, you might as well just drive out for the Hall of Fame ceremony and then drive back to Pittsburgh and then drive back out for the Hall of Fame game if you're if the Steelers are playing in it. I mean, you know, I, you're not going to get you because I I went to the Hall of Fame like in the early nineties. I mean, I went out. I for, went to like, the game. I went when Joe Bettis, Jerome Bettis was inducted and went to the game and so forth. Uh, you just can't get a hotel room anywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe it's changed. Maybe it wasn't as big back then. Like, I don't recall any any issues. Uh, also, with that going in, you have uh, this year's class, 2018 class, uh, Bobby B. Uh, Beathard? Bethard. Bethard. I remember him <clears throat> from the Chargers. He's a con- he's going in as a contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mainly with the Redskins. He was with several different teams. Yeah. Uh, Cal- he built the... Um, Cal Poly Psy at high school. Yeah, he, and Did he build the, like, 80... 80- 83 Redskins, like Riggins, yeah. that team. 
That yeah, was a good team. Yeah, he was the one that built that team. But he was also involved with San Diego. I, I believe he had a hand in that team that beat the Steelers. Uh, the 94 the team, yeah. yeah. That's <clears throat> where I know that name from. Yes. Um, then, so yeah. he's going in as a contributor. Yeah, Robert Brazell, linebacker. He was with the Oilers in the 80s, late 70s and 80s. Here's some now. Oh, here's cool. now. Here's some names that we'll know. Is Brian Dawkins, uh-huh. safety. That dude was nuts. Yeah, great um, player. Great player. Who's Brian Dawkins' best friend? I don't know. Jaleel White. Seriously? Yes. So is like Urkel gonna introduce him for his? Speech? I don't know, but I'm assuming he's gonna be there. Yeah, that would um, gotta be there, man. Because usually you have somebody from football within football, right? To, like to introduce your coach, your or, coach a teammate, or teammate, or, like maybe or your high school or college, yeah, coach. even your mom or your dad or something. Oh, so then, why whatever. not your best friend? Yeah, okay. If your so best friend is Urkel, the only reason I because he'd screw up the introduction and then be like, "Did I, I do, do that?" that? <laughs> yeah. So the only reason I know that stupid little trivia fact is because yeah. he played for Philly, and whenever he played for Philly, I was living and working in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. In the casinos. Well, NFL players like to gamble. Uh, yeah. So they came down to the Bergata, and he's hanging out with Jaleel White. I'm like, nice. He's like, oh, yeah, we grew up together, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Stefan Urkel. Yes. When he's, out, when he's out at the casinos, he's Stefan Urkel. Yes. And then you have Jerry Kramer, linebacker. Uh, now, uh, Ray Lewis, linebacker. Randy Moss, wide receiver. Terrell Owens, wide receiver. And Brian Erlacher, of course, linebacker. Your 2018 inductees. Saturday night, the Hall of Fame. Uh, Saturday night is the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Now, here's where the NFL fucks up again. They're holding the Hall of Fame game on Thursday night football. So oh, no. Tomorrow, when you won't hear this podcast yet, the, th- the, the fucking Hall of Fame game's Thursday night at 8 o'clock. And it's going to be between the Bears and the Ravens because you have Ray Lewis and mm-hmm. Brian Erlacher going yeah. in. Probably two of the best linebackers. You know, Ray Lewis, he's a Raven. He's had some difficulty. He was the Ravens' first draft pick mm-hmm. when the Ravens became the Ravens from being the Browns. So a draft pick that the Browns earned fair and square. Yes. And uh, so he... Uh, He's good on the Hall of Fame. I mean, you can say what you want about the guy. He's a hell of a fucking player. I'll give you that. If he was on the Steelers, we'd love him. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. People don't love Le'Veon Bell. No, he's no. on the Steelers. He's kind of a shithead sometimes. Yeah, not currently. He didn't, even, he didn't even cover up a murder, and people don't like him. So I, I have some faith that the Steelers fans would also similarly be conflicted about Ray Lewis had he played for the Steelers. True. I know that their like reaction to uh, James Harrison up until the point that he left for the Patriots doesn't exactly like hold my theory up, but I just I need I need something that I can hold on to. Like the world changes at such a rapid pace. I just want to hold on to my belief that like Ray Lewis is bad and we don't like him here in Pittsburgh and it would not be different if he played for us. That uh, there's like a line and that line is like you don't cover up a murder. Yeah, right? But it's not like Baseball Hall of Fame with like a morals clause. So he's in based on the merits of his playing career. He is. And that was fine, and I'm okay with that. I just think it's, it makes me feel a little old now. Like, you named like three guys. That we grew up watching. we not only grew up watching, but like grew up arguing about. Yeah. Like not even, like, I mean like growing up watching 
Well, we weren't like even growing 80s. up. We, like, yeah, we yeah. were adults. We were adults being watching in fantasy these guys. And, yeah. and like we didn't have a podcast, but we might as well have because we were doing the same thing, like drinking beer. Except we were at a bar. about Ray Lewis, whether or not he's a good guy. And, and Randy Moss, whether or not he's a good guy. And Terrell Owens, and whether or not he's a good guy. Terrell Owens is truthfully a good guy. He's just, just he just doesn't. He's out there. He doesn't march to the same beat <laughs> as football world. And football world is like a crazy, insane, like, yeah. kind of stodgy, kind of militaristic sometimes, like very authoritarian, you know. Never met Randy, Randy Moss. Randy Moss is a free spirit, and Terrell Owens is a beautiful, like, butterfly, man. I've never met Randy Moss. <laughs> I've met Terrell Owens, and I've met... Ray Lewis. On a personal level, I had no problems with either of them. Um, Terrell Owens, of course, I met him when he played for Philly when I was living mm-hmm. in South Jersey. And uh, was he up? rolling? Was he rolling craps with Urkel? <laughs> no, <laughs> he, he was on his own. He was no, just chilling, just chilling. Okay. Yeah, he's just walking around. Yeah, by he's that himself. much of an iconoclast. He wouldn't even hang out with Urkel if given the chance. Yeah, um, you know? I'm sure he did at some point, but. I, I believe Terrell Owens... I think Owens, he was more of a Desperate Housewives guy, I, I seem to recall. I believe Terrell Owens is still boycotting? He's not He is not accepting. Yeah. His, uh, he's not giving a speech. He's not, like, showing up. And it's for, you know, he feels slighted. Because, like, what, he didn't get in on the first time he was eligible? Or, like, what is it exactly? He doesn't... He, does, he feels disrespected by... Well, he still says the, he can play. Well, I mean... <laughs> He just ran a four five forty. It's not a track league; it's a football league. I know. You know. <laughs> I mean, Mike Mitchell would like love to. I would think knock out a man ten years older. I would that. think Mike Mitchell would love to light him up. We'll talk <laughs> about Mike Mitchell later, um, and Mike Hilton too. Um, yeah. Also, uh, other football news on the college-related note. Oh boy. Uh, Urban Meyer is placed on paid administrative leave after rumblings that he knew about the domestic abuse that his assistant coach, Zach Smith, has against him. Uh, offensive coordinator Ryan Day is going to be acting head coach while the investigation goes through. Uh, I was watching some reports on ESPN and so forth. Apparently, um, Zach Smith's wife would text, like, Urban Meyer's wife and other coaches' wives and talk about this and that and the other thing, and and saying that, like, the wives probably said something to their husbands and they knew about it, but they didn't say anything to him about it. Uh, Uh, I don't know. That's very tricky to, like, prove. True. You can't make, like, a spouse testify, so... True. I mean, you, you can't really... Like, I'm not... You know, okay, so we were talking before the show started, like, I don't... Whatever Urban Meyer gets coming to him, like no skin off my back. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't care for the guy. He's been kind um, of a douche his whole career. Is Ohio State focused on like football to the detriment of other more important things? Probably. Was um, Penn State is focused on okay. So football. that's a great. You're making a great point because like <laughs> I think we assume that like the academics like are out the window with these big programs. Oh, you know, and people people have like sort of come to accept that. Um, but what they don't accept is child abuse and spousal abuse. And, like, hey. the Big Ten seems to have, like, a problem with both. Like, if you want to, like, incorporate Michigan State into that all. Yeah. I mean, like, lots of heads are going to roll, 
you know, at, at these universities for these reasons. And it, and it just, it goes to show that it's not worth covering up for an employee. That you, you could, you're better off, like, finding someone else. Like, like again, hey. this is me being an optimist, but, like, I think you can find someone to coach your football team who doesn't beat their wife. I yes. think you can do that. Because it's going to come out eventually. Not just because it's going to come out, because it's wrong to it, do. It's wrong to do. And yes. You should, you should have some control over your staff. Yes, it is definitely you, wrong to do. Control over your staff. Players get suspended for it. I mean, are players you, Players have their, like, whole, like, draft stock. Get jeopardized. Get jeopardized because, because they get caught doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Well, and we should hold the coaches to the same standard. Well, a lot of it is because the coaches get paid millions of dollars. Coaches get paid, and the kids get paid nothing. They get, and a, the, they and get a twelve hundred dollar month. So the coaches, the coaches are like lining their pockets and beating their wives at the same time, and then telling the players that like they're not allowed to like hit women. They're being yeah, total hypocrites. Exactly, and like it's absolutely right. And like Urban Meyer being on paid administrative leave. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, I, I read tonight that's just, like, pretext for, like, a negotiated uh, settlement. Yeah, to get, so... To get, so to get rid of him as coach and to work with his agent to come up with, like, a, you know, a, a severance package for him because... Well, and they're having an investigation and whatnot, and they're going to see what he knows or doesn't know. So he's uh, removed from the program and being paid administrative leave. Uh, to basically sit at home to figure out until they figure out what's going on and if they decide to keep them or not keep them. Uh, this is fascinating because um, Jim Tressel pretended <laughs> to know about the tattoos, <laughs> right? Like when when the, when like uh, Terrell Pryor and his teammates were trading uh, gold pants, merchandise and, uh, from bowl games, yep. autographed helmets, like trading them to a local tattoo parlor in exchange for free work. Um, and he claimed he didn't know anything about it, and. Found out that he did, and now he's the president of Youngstown State University for some reason. You know, and, 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 well, and but but Urban Meyer being out at Ohio State, like I think Ohio State would love to bring Jim Tressel back. And it's all they've got to do is show cause to the NCAA why they should hire him back. Could they hire? Could could is he reinstatable? It's a show cause penalty. Okay. All the, all they have to do is make a case to the NCAA like why it has to be him. Which I always, I mean, of course it never has to be one certain person. You know what I mean? It's not like a dictatorship where it's like, well, only one person well, could be I the mean, president I mean, of North Korea. Because I mean, you want to, like, I mean, you want to talk about, dad, you know, you want to talk about coaches. Um, there could be, could that be, a, if they bring Jim Trussell back, could there be a precedent set to bring back Rick Pitino to somewhere? Which we talked about, Pitt should just say, fuck it. They're their D one program. Find out what Patina I said. Find out yeah. what Patina's bullshit is. How much they're gonna have to pay, and bring in Rick fucking Patino. They're not gonna do his last the, chance. The difference, in my opinion, is that it's the degree of the crime. You know, like some guys got some free tattoos, and Jim Tressel like pretended he didn't know about it. Yeah, I mean, nobody got hurt unless like somebody was like scared of needles. And got a tattoo anyway. Right. Nobody endured any trauma as a result. Like, players played in a bowl game. Players played in a rivalry game. Players got knickknacks from said games and then traded them to a guy who loves Ohio State. And was willing to, like, trade his labor for Mm. merch instead of cash. Which, you know, like, everybody is a consenting participant in that. You know, like, you don't have to show cause... Saying, like, Jim Tressel stole money 
or accepted money from sneaker companies and lied about it. That's what that's what Rick Pitino. That's what Rick Pitino. You know, so you would have to be able to say like Rick Pitino. You know, like we feel that we want to run a program based on graft and like greed and like milking corporations and not paying the players to anything. I mean, that's you know, that's that's what you would say. But like to show why you need Jim Tressel, you could just say like he's the best guy out there for the job. He knows our organization inside and out. He's passionate. He loves Ohio. He's an Ohio guy. He loves Ohio State. He's young. All, all he ever did. All he ever did was, like, underestimate the popularity of tattoos among people who were, like, in their late teens and early 20s and, like, the early 2000s, which, I mean, I don't know how he did it. I guess he never went to a Limp Biscuit concert. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can assume it. And th- there's another reason. Show cause. Like, why should Jim Tressel be our coach? Well, he's never been to a Limp Biscuit concert. <laughs> <laughs> the NCAA would just shut down in the face of that logic. We can't argue with any anything ever again. At all. Yeah, so Urban Meyer, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure this will not be a long drug, drug out process. Uh, you know, the Ohio State college football is a month away. Mm-hmm. They, they play, what, the last weekend in August is the first games? Yeah. They're going in. They're going to be starting full padded practices here very shortly. I know. It's so hard to believe. I was actually just thinking tonight. It seems like yesterday that Pitt had their spring game. It does not seem that long ago that I was on the tee with a bunch of people on their way home from the Pitt spring game. I was on my way. I was on the tee on my way to work with a bunch of people for the Pitt spring game. Uh, Yeah. And now we're we're talking about – so my widget on my phone that shows, like, the scores of upcoming games that I care about – like, it's to the point now where all there is is soccer and baseball. So I, I get four scores, okay? So there's a Pirate score, there's the Riverhound score, and then there's Celtic, because that's who I follow in, like, European, and they're doing qualifications uh, for the Champions League. So I got those three. And then number four is the first football game coming up on What's the schedule. date on that? September 1st. It's, like, uh, South Carolina versus... I want to say Eastern Carolina. ECU. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm al- I'm already I've already got the Gamecocks on my radar, and I'm not even like a Gamecocks fan. No, but your significant other is. Yeah, that's that's what that's what makes the difference. Yes. I, I haven't even talked to her about it because I'm I'm not sure she's ready. You know. Or you're gonna open up a whole new can of worms. Well, you know about the SEC network. Like, yes, I'm not allowed to get rid of the sports package. Well, no, because then she can't see the Gamecocks games. I don't even care though. It's like I'm the guy. Okay, <laughs> I'm the man in this here relationship. <laughs> and like, I could cancel the sports package tomorrow. Oh man, I'm 39. I'm 38. And uh, <laughs> like I like I've said like listen like I'm sick of the news. The news is awful every day. Like, can we switch to a package that has more, like, cooking and travel shows? And she's like, well, we still get SEC Network in that package? And I'm like, no, like, we'll get ESPN. If they're on ESPN, you can watch them. She's like, it's not good enough. I need to watch, I need to watch, like... Wait. I need to watch... Wait, 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 wait. Don't you have the ESPN, you pay the $5 a month for the ESPN app, right? Yeah, that's extra games, though. Right, right, right. So... With the ESPN app, I know I can watch all the college football games on my phone. Yeah. So you can stream that shit right to your TV through an Apple TV. Right, but you have to have a password to verify that you pay the cable company for that content. 
if you have ESPN. But if if uh, you don't have SEC Network, you can't stream SEC Network. If your cable package doesn't include the SEC Network, you can't watch it on any device. <sighs> there's ways around somewhere. I'm there's sure. ways around it, and there's like pirate sites. But I'm not about to like. Get a virus and like not be able yeah, to. Yeah, I my talked job. to a buddy of mine that was bootlegging like when it was Root Sports, bootlegging yeah. Root Sports out of somewhere out of Seattle. Oh yeah, like <laughs> yeah, you could do that and to get Root get Sports your, on Apple TV. I mean, or you some could get shit. your friend's like password and like get around the blackout. Yeah, you know, like I could get my friend in Boston to like give me his cable password, and then I would like log in and be able to watch pirate games. Oh yeah, you know because they're, around they're the, out of market, the out of market blackout yeah. restriction, but it's not worth it, you know. There's there's so much TV, there's so much content. Like, I'm ne- I've never been like, oh, there's nothing to watch. You know? Well, yeah, we I have mean, so many options. So many, I have so many options that are overwhelming as well. And once college football season starts, it's going to be like triple the options because you're, you're going to have by the time college football and then pro starts the next weekend. Yes, I'm going to have soccer like all morning Saturday and all morning Sunday and then starting at noon switch from soccer to football uh, college football until my eyes NFL, fall out uh, yeah. I have to go to work whichever comes first dude we just organized our fancy football draft yeah so they were weekend it is it's Labor Day um we all get together for a party anyway well that's good so they were talking about doing it this weekend and that weekend People like, well, we're out of town, we're out of town. Like, hey, we're all together for Labor Day anyway. Mm. So we're just going to do it on Labor Day. Okay, cool. So I got uh, I got a month of fancy football preparation ahead of me. Yeah, you better do some work. I didn't do enough. And they're changing my league around. So we used to have we used to have eight we used to have sixteen teams mm. and we did two eighteen divisions. Yeah. And we each had our own separate drafts. Mm. When you played across division, you could potentially play people that had the same players. Yeah, I, I, that's to me fascinating. Like I Which would love was, to try that with my friends. Right. But, but you don't have enough people. We don't right? have enough people. So now we dropped two people out that didn't want to continue on. So we're mm. fourteen teams. So now Is we're in one big league. Well, it's gonna be one big Ooh. fourteen team league. So what's that mean? I need to start looking at some depth charts you because need I'm back. I'm drafting sixth. Yeah. So I'm drafting six. So I'm going to get a top receiver or running back. Mm-hmm. Do you do snake draft? We do snake draft. So you're gonna you you can watch a movie between picks. <laughs> <laughs> we do a snake draft. So I I'm going to pick sixth and thirteenth. I believe is what. Something like that. I don't know. Oh man, uh, I feel your pain. No, I feel a man. No, no, I'm gonna be sixth and eighteenth. I don't know how it works out. Whatever. Man, it's gonna be like Steve. What time are you done with your draft? And you're gonna be like, um. But we're doing the draft at like 11 a.m. <laughs> and then we're going over to the other person's house for the pool party. I'm like, we need to start this draft at like nine. Oh, we're not gonna get in the pool until yeah. three, is it? <laughs> See, we used to draft out of pool. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Is mm-hmm. like, why are we going to do it at Kelly and Ron's house? So we can just do it at, at Charlie's house, and we'll draft there at the pool, call it a day, boom. Can I tell you why? Because sometimes someone in the league gets thrown into the pool with their phone in their pocket, <laughs> or as at least that's my experience. Well, it, has it happened to you? Not to me. There you go. Not to me. So, so we uh, uh I've managed to somehow like not be the like. Best guy in my league, but at least I don't get thrown into a pool. That's good. Yeah. Two rings, zero, zero uh, ruined iPhones. It's awesome. It's pretty, that's it's a not, good Hall, record. Of fame, not Hall of Fame level, but like a, a tier below. That's a, that's, that's a good record. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to go ahead, 
take a break right now. Uh, come back, and we're going to finish up with all Pittsburgh, all the time sports. So here's another message from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview, which can help you out with podcasts, websites, um, and a whole bunch of other video, video audio, a whole bunch of fun stuff. Pizza recommendations. Pizza recommendations. Taco recommendations. Taco recommendations. Get a hold of Michael Sorg and Missy Sorg at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Yeah. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Hey, folks. Matt and I are back for our final segment here. And um, did you uh, watch any of the Pens TV or anything on Twitter about the Pens this week? Nope. Nothing. So, uh, Evgeny Malkin had a birthday. Oh, yeah. He's 32. That's just making me really feel old because it doesn't seem that long ago we drafted his ass. Yeah, it was that long ago. Uh, Three cups. Crosby is 31 Mm -hmm. uh, next week. 8-7. 8-7, yeah. yeah. Um, Well, good for them. I know Malkin got to go to the World Cup. That was cool. I saw those pictures. Well, he's a Russian boy. He no, I, of course he's Russian. It'd be like, you know, if they ever had, like, the Super Bowl in Pittsburgh, I would expect that, uh, you know, Dan Marino would be there. You know? I think Dan Marino's every Super Bowl. Well, it? I'm sure, but I'm saying, like, in, in, like, the presidential suite or whatever. Yes. I don't think, I don't think Gino is as, like, tight with Putin as Ovechkin is, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure they're, like, you know, friendly. Yes. I mean... Which, I'm sure they've met. Yeah. I don't know if Putin ever gave him a present, like a soccer ball or anything, but I'm sure they're pals. I mean... Maybe they went fishing together. Putin likes to fish. Gino likes to fish. Uh, you gotta watch out for Putin, though. He likes to take rings, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think he would, I don't think he would steal a ring from a fellow Russian, though. Yeah, it's true. I, I really don't. Like, he, he stole the Patriots ring because it's like... How can I endear myself to, like, 99% of Americans steal, steal from Robert Kraft? So, here's my question with this. Malkin's okay. 32, Crosby's 31. Mm-hmm. How long do we actually see them continuing to play in the NHL? Ten more years. You think till they're 41? First of all, all nobody rests more than Malkin. He's in the penalty box half the time. <laughs> Um, usually they're over something stupid and he has that big dumb look on his face like what do I do <laughs> and, and players like Crosby tend to play long times because they um, I mean he's in he's in incredible shape um, you know he's a great leader well like I mean think about it he's like Matt Cullen on steroids a 40 year old Sidney Crosby like we got people all over town like fanning themselves because old ass Matt Cullen is coming back like, he's imagine Crosby 41. when he's that age. He's 41. Crosby, if, if Matt Cullen can play at 41, well, then okay. Crosby can okay. play okay. at 41. Okay, okay, hockey, hockey, um, uh, what is that, regiments have changed since yeah. the days of Peter Taglinetti. They've changed, but you don't have to do Rick it. Rick Tockett and, for God's sakes, Mike Arruzioni. Gordy Howe got his muscles from, like, beer, fishing and beer. And like chasing his kids around, you know, and he and he played until he was like sixty. 
Well, not, I, not continuously, but he he strapped on the skates at a very advanced age. He came out of retirement at 61 to play with his boys to have an all-howl line in Hartford. Right, but I'm saying, like, he had, like, hockey dad bod. Yeah. Okay? And, like, Crosby will never even have that because he's in such great shape that, like, if he just maintains what he's got now, I think he can play into his 40s. Yeah, the hockey regimen and the, and the health-wise and the workout, everything has, has definitely changed since we started watching hockey in the late 80s. Mm. Um, I don't know. I didn't start watching hockey until probably about 89, 88. Really? 80, yeah, probably about 88. I mean, I, I watched hockey, but I didn't, really get, I, I didn't follow it or get into it until probably about 88. Yeah, so um, for me, the first time I started following it, I'm going to sound like a, a fair weather here, but like I, the first first cup run, you know? I, I watched games all the time. I mean, I, I didn't really, like, I wasn't captivated by it until they, like, had a run. Yeah. But that's how spoiled we are, because, like, the first hockey player I ever learned his name was Mario Lemieux. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was yeah. four years old when they drafted him, and my parents, like, had so much fun, like, teaching me to yeah. pronounce that franchise like name. I was, like, six, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, I've... You know, I'm saying, like, well, they didn't really, like, capture my imagination until they started winning cups. Meanwhile, I had, like, seven years of the best player of all time. Right. To and enjoy I, I before bad. he, like, put together a team around him. And I feel so bad. So very like, spoiled like, here. My, my, my son has seen Lemieux play and actually remembers it. Yeah. Because Lemieux came out of retirement mm. and played with Crosby, Crosby's first year. Yeah, uh, and well, he was out of retirement, but when they drafted Crosby, Lemieux was still playing, and then Lemieux mm-hmm. officially finally retired again. Yeah, um, but I uh, I vividly remember Lemieux playing, and I remember like Gretzky and Messier, and you know Yari Curry, and mm-hmm. all those guys, and you know Brian Trotty. I remember Brian Trotty with the Islanders. Do you see? I never heard of him until the Pens got him. But I remember my you know, dad being like super pumped. Yeah, he's like this guy's like he's got a great resume, and you know, like my parents went to Penn's games like pretty much from the get go. Well, and the Penn's games used to be very inexpensive. Yeah, you get in for like a couple bucks. Yeah, yeah, you could see you get a season ticket for like sixty bucks. Well, and, uh, uh, you know, whenever I had season tickets, I got them, and they were twelve fifty a ticket mm. in E thirteen, and it was the year before they drafted Crosby, and I actually just gave them up. Two seasons ago, yeah, just because it got to be a lot, yeah, and I couldn't. It was you know, and then there was a you know, was a, there was some downtime with the pens, and I couldn't get rid of them as easy to get these mm-hmm. face value for them. And I end up eating some of them, and yeah. I can't. It, it, it season tickets for the Steelers, cheapest season ticket in town. You can be upper level seats, two tickets. It's fifteen hundred and twenty dollars, but it's only eight games. It's eight games, ten, ten games. But yeah, you know, you're saying like in terms of like how much money I got to put up to, to yeah. be a season ticket holder. Yeah, you know, but Penn's tickets for, when I last had it was forty five hundred. Forty five hundred. See, my brother in law gets them. He's he's got a full full season, two seats. You know, he goes with my sister to like a handful of games. The rest, the rest he divvies up among, like, friends and relatives and I don't know who else. Does he charge I, for him? Face. 
Yeah. You're, you, I pay the season ticket, like, whatever yeah. one, whatever one season ticket is, zero markup. Yep. I didn't do any games last year. I didn't do a single game last year. Um, I'm going to look to get a couple this year. Uh, I'm going to look to you to get a couple this year. No, you, you're going to. You absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I'll be like... people who listen to this podcast, we love you, but we're not taking a Pens game. We might maybe do a Pens game raffle. We'll do a raffle? We'll do, do a raffle. We'll do a we'll do a raffle on Twitter. You know, we'll do a raffle on Twitter and on Bold Pittsburgh on Facebook and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll do maybe we'll raffle off a set of pens. You can come to the game. You know, hang out, meet us afterwards for brunch. <laughs> Amanda can come peel us away from the bar, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, we have been spoiled in this town with great hockey players, with having Lemieux as long as we did, and Jeff and Crosby. I also have a Malkin. Malkin, of course, a lot of people forget that he was drafted the year before Crosby. Yeah. So a year to get him here. Um, and, yeah, we're spoiled. I mean, we've had five cups in our lifetime that we vividly remember. Yeah. You know, there, there's you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't remember their team winning a cup. Mm-hmm. Or weren't alive for Flyers it. Flyers fans? Yep. Have you ever seen have, the Flyers win a cup? I haven't. Neither have I. No, but I, I remember the first... First cup finals I ever watched was, um, was it like 88? Calgary. Calgary. Uh, Lanny, Lanny McDonald, that mm-hmm. red fire engine, red mm-hmm. big mustache and beard. Yeah. And that lumberjack mustache. That, that I vividly remember that one. Because I, I, I remember that because I, like, I was watching it with my parents and I remember my dad, like, breaking it down for me and he's like, well, it's, you know, this is Philadelphia. We hate and, them. And they're in, well, he didn't say that though. He, he like <laughs> wanted to like wait for my reaction. So I was just like, I was like, well, why don't we root for the team from Pennsylvania? Since we're from Pennsylvania, and he's just like, son, we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, Calgary it was. Well, that, that was funny about you texting me about your dad and the thing, and you know, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna skip this and I'm gonna say here. Oh, he, no, he. <laughs> I'm I am merely. A disciple of planning my life around sports. Like, he is the master. You know, I, I am but the apprentice. He is, like, the master craftsman. Like, he takes a, a piece of marble and, like, chisels out an entire weekend of sports watching and still manages to, like, make it to mass and baptism and all that other good stuff. That's funny. That was, uh, you, you're cocking me up. I'm getting ready for it. Well, my sister texted us and was like, listen, like the baptism is after the Mass. You don't have to, don't feel obligated to be at the Mass. But I'm a godfather myself, you know, so I was like, I'm going to be at the Mass. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the, I wasn't like the godfather for this particular nephew, but like, you know, the godfather and godmother, my brother and sister-in-law were at the Mass. So like, I'm going to be at the Mass with these kids. Your dad's like, so you know? we got about 10 minutes after Mass is over before the baptism starts? Sweet. I went to church last night. And I figured, you know what I figured out, too, is that, like, there's, like, a great responsibility in the Catholic Church for, like, childless adult Catholics to be the people who actually, like, show up and actually participate in the Mass. Because the people with kids are too busy, Doing you know, shit. watching their kids during the whole service. So, you know? and then, okay, so you, you got to do the pirate game tonight. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, you talk about it like it was a privilege. Yeah, unfortunately, I was so pumped. I have not been okay because the trade deadline happened, and then I I did the game last night, and they, and won. they won. They won, and I always I'm always like when they have these big pirate games that that I have to work, I would rather they lose in like a heartbreaking walk off 
than like have to sit through a blowout like tonight. Well, what's like, funny I was is so I was so optimistic going into this game. I was like, so pumped for the Pirates, and like the first inning was just a comedy of errors. Literally. So, so I got home from work. I made and I ran some errands, and I start. I get home, get a shower, or whatnot. And I start cooking dinner. I'm sitting on the porch, eating dinner on the porch, and I'm looking at my phone. Like that's odd. That's odd. And then all of a sudden, I get the da 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 and I'm like, "This isn't good." She goes, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "It's ten to nine. She goes, "The score?" I'm like, "No." It's ten minutes till nine. Ten minutes to nine p.m. Yeah. And it's just now ending the third inning. Matt might be running a little late. <laughs> no, see, so... The umpire was, got injured. No, I know. I couldn't believe how long that took. So, I don't I don't know. Uh, the only reason I knew the umpire got injured, I wasn't watching a game. We were sitting on the porch, bullshitting and eating dinner. My dad was at the game, and he posted mm-hmm. on Facebook that the umpire got injured, so it was a good time for him to have rainbow cake. And I was like, Dad's in the luxury suites tonight. The only way you get rainbow cake in a pirate game yeah. is on the dessert cart in uh-huh. the luxury suites. Yeah. So. There you go. See, like, dads are the best because they, like, can, you know, they teach us, like, when is a good time to go get snacks during a baseball game. Well, dad was, <laughs> my dad was in a private box tonight yeah. because he worked, like, he had clients that, you know, said, hey, here's tickets. Let's go to the game. Um, so, when I was at the game, I didn't really talk to him about it or nothing like that. And I was like, well, it's the third, at the end of the third inning, it's 10 to 9 at night, and the Pirates are losing 6 to 1. <sighs> this could be bad. Yeah. I was also thinking that, wow, it's been almost three hours. <laughs> and I've gotten three innings in. Yeah. <laughs> or almost two hours. It's just. And we got three innings in. Like, you know, you have that. Even the best teams. You know, even the Red Sox this year have probably had a game like that. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, you you need your mop-up bullpen to come in and eat some innings. Because, you know, and the Pirates, yeah. They were down six runs pretty much the, the whole time. The final was not But they still, they still had chances. But, okay. So, Marte running himself into freaking... The wall. No, no, not... No, on on the bases. Oh. <laughs> They're still making base running there was, mistakes. And there was, uh, Rodriguez had three errors tonight. Yeah. He overthrew first base twice. Mm-hmm. And then he had uh, a bobble error on an easy double play ball. Twitter um, said people were actually chanting DFA. And I think I really believe that because I heard some chanting towards the end of the game. And I, I couldn't make out what it was. But so it, what happened with the umpire? He got hit in the mask with like a foul tip. Okay. And he kind of, like, almost fell over. Cervelli is, like, amazing back there. Like, nobody is more, like, aware of everything that's going on around them than Francisco Cervelli. Like, he's framing pitches, he's receiving the ball, and he's still got the wherewithal to notice that the umpire is about to, like, fall over because he probably just got concussed by, you know, like, a 110-mile-an-hour deflected ball. Right. So Cervelli actually, like... Got his, like, arms around him and was, like, holding him up and, like, looking him in the eye and, like... You good? God only knows... Good? Like, how long it took the umpire to, like, become aware that the Pirates catcher would... Basically had him in a bear hug. But, you know, he snapped out of it and he did one more batter. And then after that batter, he was like, nah, I'm done. So the the whole thing with the umpire getting hit, shaking it off... So did they calling win? like three more strikes or whatever, and then and then changing and getting out, and they had to like put the other umpire in. It took way too long. So they had to have the other umpire went in, had to put all the gear on, 
Yeah. Come back out. Did they run with three umpires then? Because yeah. they don't have a backup, right? No, they don't have a backup. So they say the first base umpire, uh, first base, third base umpire, third, and then if there was a guy on first, one of them covered second. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, kind of like a little league game. Kind of like a minor league game. Yeah. Minor league game. Or a college game. game. Or, you know, they, like they were saying, like, in, in the low minors, they sometimes only have two umps. Yeah, they do. And then the first base umpire comes over and goes behind pitcher pound. Mm. That way you can make calls at yeah. second and first. Just I, like Little League, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I umpire. I mean, yeah. shit. Um, yeah, so the Pirates were kind of hot, 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 and then they cooled off a bit, but they're not cold. Uh, errors caused the loss tonight. Uh, nine to the Cubs. Errors and bad pitching. And also, and they the did King go... Kingdom is the odd man out, so well, like... Well, they did go against the newly acquired Cubs, Cole Hamill. He wasn't great either, though. He wasn't great, but he's still fucking Cole Hamill's. He's I, Cole I, Hamill's, but he threw like 75 pitches in the first three innings. It was a very taxing game for fans and uh, broadcasters alike. Well... Let's just say. I, I, I still respect the hot of Cole Hamill's for being a Bryce Harper. So, I mean, <laughs> I know. I, I, and I he will. Was, he was mentioned as a possible trade target for the Pirates, and I said on this show last week that I didn't want him because his, no. his last like three or four outings were not that good. And despite getting the win today, he was not efficient. No, you throw seventy five. When, when you're going up against a team that like the Pirates just played a bad game all you, around. You, you go up against. You, you throw seventy five pitches in the first three innings. You're not efficient. No. I mean, you, you, the Pirates were basically just begging you to Bro, do I watched Jamison Tyone throw, you know, 60 pitches in a whole game mm-hmm. this year already. Kingham threw 51 pitches in the first inning today. Ouch. That's a way to wear out your starter. That's all you need to know. That's a way to wear out your starter quickly. And he was so ineffective. I don't know how you could be effective with 50 pitches in an inning, but uh, he had a really bad inning, and he did not come back for the second. And then Stephen Brault, like, walked four guys. Um, and that dude's either on or off. Yeah. He's not a – he's on or he's off. He, there's no happy medium for him. You know, it's like Vasquez for coming in. He was – you know, Vasquez always gives me fucking heart palpitations when he comes in and puts two guys on instantly. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're up two runs and you got two guys on now and you have no outs. What the hell's going on? And then he'll throw, like, three straight pitches and get three straight fly balls. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, I don't get it. Um, oh, speaking of not getting some stuff, um, apparently A.B. and Villanueva left today's practice uh, with soreness and tightness in body parts that were not um, disclaimed, but they were uh, told that they should be fine and ready to go tomorrow. Uh, Steelers, of course, are at hard at work up at St. Vincent's out there in Latrobe. Um, the uh, uh, let's see, uh, Mike Hilton, mm. uh, he's feeling more comfy up at camp, and he's also uh, looking to be more of an impact corner this year. Mike Hilton was the camp surprise last year, where he was invited to camp, uh, undrafted, or he was released. He was a uh, uh, you know from I forget who he was with. Might have been Philly or New England, one of the two. And the Steelers invited him to camp, and he made it through and made the team and made a big impact. He was a hard hitter, heavy hitter, and he did well at corner last year for us. Uh, so he's looking to uh, make more of an impact this year at corner. You know, uh, it's preseason. They haven't even had a game yet. They haven't even had an inner squad game yet, I don't think. No. You know, they're, they're working out all their – 
kinks here and there, they'll be fine. I mean, it's the Steelers. Like, we're talking about adding Des Bryant. Who's still out there. If you're in the position to add a fourth receiver on the level of Des Bryant, you don't have a lot of issues in camp. If Des Bryant will, will play for minimal money... They don't have a lot to... The Steelers aren't working a lot. No, they're not. They're not. And it's, uh... You know, it would be like a one-year deal. It'd be a one-year, two million. That's it. That's the only interesting thing about camp right now for me. Is, like, are they going to add players? You know, they they drafted players. I mean, they're not going to cut the players they drafted. Uh... For the most part, I think the You know, they're, they're going to get through. And they're... Not the they top. Not, not, the t- not the top four rounds they're not going to cut. No, obviously not. And they're not they might not be like impact starters right away. But there's there's really there's not a lot of competition for uh starting spots on this team. Unless like AB and Al Villanueva get injured. Which is why camp is stupid and the preseason is stupid. And you know, I just I just kind of want to put them all in like well, I mean, a big they, box I mean, they they've can't been get talking until the, I mean, I mean, they've been talking about the NFL talking about going to a, to a to an eighteen game season and taking yeah. two games off the preseason, making mm-hmm. them regular season games, and only having two preseason games. Yeah, and then some. Mike Tomlin's been a proponent. I'd of, be for that, I guess. Mike Tomlin's been a proponent of you know. I like the four preseason games. You get guys that you know, they get in there and you know they show their work, they do their work, and sometimes it's that fourth preseason game that makes the team for them. You know, that's what a football coach would say. Right. Okay, like, Mike Tomlin, he doesn't know how to evaluate players other than by, like, watching them take reps and do plays. I mean, that's how a football coach makes decisions. As a fan, like, I don't want to watch fake games that don't matter where, like, the biggest, most interesting story that can come out of a preseason game is who gets hurt. You know? And somebody big goes down every year in a preseason game. Every year. Every year. year. Couple, what, a couple years ago, it was Jordy Nelson here in Pittsburgh. Brian Westbrook got injured during my draft one year. Like, I was literally in my friend's parents' pool house. And, like, somebody, like, on their laptop, because we didn't even have smartphones back then. Like, someone on their laptop was like, oh, Brian Westbrook got injured in, a, in the preseason game that was on tonight. Someone had already drafted him. Torn ACL. Someone already drafted him. He went like third that year. You're like waiver wire. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't me, thank God. But I mean, you know, like preseason games, I'm not a fan. We always do our draft at the last possible minute just to Mm. provide insurance. That's why we try to do our draft late, you know. Yeah. I, I I talk to people already doing their NFL draft. I'm like, how are you doing your fantasy football draft right now? Like, mm-hmm. you haven't even seen a preseason game yeah. yet. Like, I, you can't draft. For you your, can. Like, I don't. I don't think the preseason games are going to change anybody's opinion of like who's a good receiver. Like, I don't. I don't think Antonio Brown's one series in preseason game number three yeah. is going to make anybody say like, oh, well, he only had two catches. Out of like a total of ten snaps where he was on the field that drive, um, that's not good enough. I, I rate someone else higher now. Like that, you know. Like if you say that that makes a difference to your analysis, you're full of it. I'm sorry. 
Like, I think you pick up a magazine at CVS, and, like, that's pretty much the rankings that most people are going on. I, I pull up, for me, I pull up uh, CBS, and I pull up Fox and ESPN, and I print all three. Yeah. And I go based off of mm-hmm. there, and I pick out which two line up the best, and I throw the one that doesn't line up and throw it away, and then yeah. I take the other two, and I... You know, I used to print all positions, this, that, and everything. Now I just print the top, like, 100 and mm-hmm. go from there. Um, but now with the way my draft is going, I'm going to have to look further into You better get to work. I'm going to have to look further into depth charts and shit. Uh, uh, 14 team. <laughs> You're going to have Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback at some point. Like when Ironically, your regular starter has a bye week, you're gonna you're gonna be very you're gonna be shocked how the quarterback slim pickings of the NFL that everyone uh, loves to talk about. Those people are mostly in ten see, or twelve see, team the leagues. Last two years, you're in a fourteen team league. See, like, the last two oh. years, I had Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. But you you were in an eighteen league essentially. Yeah, we had eight. Yeah, you, you had eight eight. Fantasy owners splitting the universe of the NFL. Yeah, now we're 14. Now you, you've just basically, like, everyone's got to drop six rungs down the ladder for the depth chart of backup quarterback. So, now so if you might you might get Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers with your first quarterback pick, but you're going to have, mm, like, a Brown. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, hey, look. I'm sure you're still going to have a fun fall and, like, a good football season, but, like, you're probably at some point going to wish that you weren't in a 14-team fantasy league. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious, man. (laughs) Golf season's going to end, and you're going to be like, shit, now all I have left to do is, like, work and Christmas shop and play Mitch Trubisky as my starting quarterback. Fuck you, bye week. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to really pay attention to bye weeks because with an 18 league, you didn't really have to pay attention to bye weeks. Yeah. Now I have to pay attention to bye weeks mm-hmm. when drafting. Yeah. And, and you really do. And like I, I try to in a 10 team league, but it's it's not always possible. Like sometimes you're just like this guy's too good not to take, and I'll figure out the bye week when it comes. But you're talking about four more players, four more teams, every position you got to drop four rungs down the ladder. To fill holes. I mean, last year my team was kind of studly. Yeah. Well, it could, it could be this year. I went year. to the playoffs. I went You're to just going to have to, like... Of, I went to the second round of playoffs. You just got to downward, downwardly adjust your definition of studly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Last year's studly was Jimmy Garoppolo. This year's studly is Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Who will never see the light of day? Unless, unless the... AFC North turns into a 14-team fantasy league. <laughs> then, then he might win. You know, he might he might win MVP. So, speaking of the AFC North, did you see posts out there that Lev Bell's agent said that he is now shopping Lev Bell around for next year? Oh yeah. Uh, and I say go out and grab a handful while you can. And. Uh, so he's already started the shopping yeah. around, and that they've already decided that the AFC North is not going to be a landing spot for them. Good. And that he is most likely leaving the Steelers 
We knew uh, that. We knew yeah. that last year at this time. Yeah. And that also, uh, I believe, I mean, come on. They offered you $70 million, 45 guaranteed over five years. Fuck. You're an idiot. I mean, what's his name out in L.A.? Gurley. Gurley got what? Gurley's got more um, upside at this point. Yeah, because he's, he's 23. Younger. He's got less mileage. He's 23. Less he, has, mileage. he has no major injuries in his past. He's, yeah, he's got... Uh, so I, I I worry about A.B. on a Madden cover, but I think... I don't worry about A.B. I, I don't believe in the Madden curse anymore. Well, it's been broken um, a couple it's times. It's been broken a couple times. Also, since, since you mentioned Lev Bell and A.B., like, there's a reason that Chris Archer didn't buy a Lev Bell jersey at the airport. You know? There's that. I mean, we love Lev Bell in terms of what he can do for the Steelers, but in terms of, like, a fan favorite and a role model and someone that you want to celebrate and emulate, it's no contest. Speaking San Antonio's of, team. Speaking of uh, Chris Archer... What number did Dree Archer wear when he was a running back? He was the scrawniest little fuck as a running back. He wore like one quarter on his jersey, I think. Like, I mean. Eddie Goodell, when he played for the White Sox and he wore like one eighth. Jesus, jersey number. I don't know. So. Why did you do that to me, Dree Archer? Why? Because it's another archer in town. And I'm done. This 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 episode's over. <laughs> this is abuse. So so speaking of archer coming to Pittsburgh, how about he t- he wore number twenty two, and they gave him twenty four. Um, no, he took twenty four. He chose twenty four. He said that twenty two still belongs to Kutch. That it's not. He said it's not retired yet, but it might be someday. Which I don't buy at all. Okay. They retired, like, Maz and Clemente and Willie Stargell. Like, McCutcheon's Fucking great, but they're not going to retire. If they retire Kutch, then they got to retire Bobby Bonilla and well, Eddie Van Slyke okay, okay. and well, Doug Drabeck. Okay, well, who wore 24 that was great? Barry Bonds. Who wore 24 that was great before Barry Bonds? Omar Moreno? Well before Omar Moreno. Um, <laughs> 60s. Dick Grote? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, no way, really? Yes. I don't know why I didn't know that. That's a weird number for a infielder. Dick Grote wore 24. Wear whatever he wants. He's Dick fucking Grote. Yeah. Um, Guy who used, like, my favorite Dick Grote story that he ever told was when he talked about when, when he was a rookie driving to work at Forbes Field and the parkway wasn't built yet. <laughs> so he had to take Forward Avenue and, like, Panther Hollow Drive. To get to work. And it's like, shit, man. Like, that's... I had to do that when they shut down the parkway that summer. That that fucking blew. That was the worst. And he did it every day. Right? Only to go get, like, yelled at by Fred Clark or Danny Murtaugh or whoever. So, yeah. Right. Uh, I forget who was his manager at that point. Uh, Yeah, Dick Grote wore 24. So, okay. He didn't retire fucking 24 for Dick Grote. Yeah. They're not going to retire 24 for Barry Bonds. No, they're not. There's no way. You know, and Barry Bonds, it was before they, he started eating steroids. So. Well, they honored Barry Bonds at, at opening day a few years ago yeah. when I went. But the, the only home opener I ever went to. Um, and 
that that was like too hard for people to stomach. Just to have him stand on the first baseline and wave to people when they had a whole bunch of other former pirates there that like people didn't hate. Well, who weren't as good as Barry Bonds, like Freddie Sanchez, for example. Well, I mean, like, got shit. a bigger ovation than Barry Bonds. So anybody that's out there that's going to listen to this podcast, and hopefully, I we get it out for Saturday. Yeah, uh, you're not off Saturday. Is your lovely girlfriend available Saturday evening? Probably. Get back to me on this one. Because here's the deal, folks. And if anybody out there that listens to this can hook us up with with two, I'll take one. But two would be nice. That way Matt can have one, too. Saturday is Annie Van Slyke bobblehead night at PNC Park. I am at work from 3 in the afternoon until probably 3.30 in the morning. Mm. Um... Amanda is not available Saturday night to even go down to buy one off the guy on the bridge that buys all the bobbleheads up for like five bucks a piece. I, Julia's not going to go. I don't want her to go to the game. No, she wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't trust her. She, she'd end up like, oh, I got a great deal and I got like 15 of them. <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't need 15. I just need one for Steve. I don't even care if I get one. Uh, we need two. Uh, so anybody out there that's going to listen to this, if you come up with any Vance like Bobblehead, by all means, hit us up on Twitter. Um, I have beer to trade. Uh, She'd be like, I got 15 for the price of 10. I'd be like, that's still $200. <laughs> two. That's all we want. One for yeah. Matt, one for me. Any Vance like Bobblehead. I mean, he was the dude that like I watched... The whole time growing up, you know, I actually watched him when he played for St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think he's really like, I, so I kind of love anytime someone who's not a weather person does the weather on the local news. Um, like Ryan Adams, you know, you know, the musician, right? Ryan Adams, he, he recently did the weather in Denver. Okay. And he like was on a tour stop there. And, like, someone in the news department at this station was a Ryan Adams fan, so he, like, hooked it up and got to do the weather. I love it when people who aren't meteorologists get to do the fucking weather. It, it's just funny to me. And I think the reason why is because when Andy, Andy Van Slyke like, did it on did Channel, weather 2, on Channel 2, I, like, I, like, I, like, planned my night around that. I remember my parents being like, come on, Matt, like, turn the Nintendo off. It's time for the weather. Like, with, like, Bob Kuzma or whoever. Except it wasn't Bob Kuzma, it was Andy Van Slyke. I love that. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, he was great, you know, shoestring catches, you know, awesome. Was, oh. I wore number 18. I played center field his my last diving, year of Colt League. How, how many how many times did Andy Van Slyke come running up the, on the ball and just be busting his ass and just lay out straight, catch it in, a, in midair and land on his chest and slide? Across that cement, hard-ass AstroTurf in Three Rivers Stadium. Mm -hmm. Like, mm. that just hurt thinking about it and watching it, let alone doing it. How do you think Bubby Brister felt watching those catches? Bubby Brister, like, I know how that feels. I know how that feels on my back. (laughs) I I don't know how that feels on my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been tackled that way before. Mostly just on my back. All right, folks, 
right, folks. We don't want to get into a whole Bubby Brister bit right here because we are out of time. Yeah, we'll do a bonus episode. A bonus episode of Bubby Brister. Thank you all very much. Uh, check us out on the Twitter at Bold, at bold PGH Sports. Um, on the Twitter and uh, Sorgatron Media Studios and Beachview. Thank those guys for hosting our podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. You have a great one, and we will see you soon. Hey, Ian, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook, or BoldPGH.com.